You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. You know, we have a true district scale opportunity here, at the center of which is one discovery, Twin Hill Central, which we've made. And I think Twin Hill Central ultimately, ultimately, you know, in a few years' time, I have no doubt it's going to be, I think it will be more than two, three million ounces, whatever. It's going to take some time to get there. That's, that's not going to be the, the maiden resource. But around it are these satellite targets, which we have only barely scratched the surface off. And I think in the next six months, we'll, we'll have exploration results, which will indicate the potential for many more um, discoveries around Twin Hill Central. So therefore, if you look at those all together, you asked me for to, to make a statement on potential of resources. It, it's clearly got, you know, it could easily get to three, four, five million ounces. Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. In today's episode, we're going to be getting an update from one of our sponsors and a company that I own, Osino Resources, ticker symbol OSI in Toronto and OSIIF in New York. Last time we spoke with Hayadan, uh, that was previous to several positive news releases. The company received a speculative buy rating from Stifle, and that was at Canadian $1.85. Well, after these new drill results and metallurgical results and IP results that the company has published, they raised their target to Canadian $2.60. So the gold market is treating us well, and if you're an Osino shareholder like myself, you're happy with what the company is putting out and how they're progressing. Here to talk about these things, as well as tell us what the company has on the horizon, is the founder and the captain at the helm of Osino Resources, Haya Don. So Haya, welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining me. Great. Thanks, Bill. I really enjoy being back on your show. Let's talk about the new drill results that you recently published on August 24th. What was confirmed, what was expanded, and where's the potential still here with the Twin Hill Central deposit? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, you're right. We put those results out about a week ago or so. Um, we were very happy about them. Um, you know, they were, to my mind, uh, confirmatory. So more of the same, which is great. So good stuff. Um, primarily, you saw that um, very, very wide zones, um, which is which is encouraging and, and, and kind of indicates, obviously, ounce potential. Yes, you may say that the grades looked a little bit low, but you must remember part of that is the way that these drill holes are composited because there's, you know, it's it's basically you throw everything together in one basket. Whereas when you when when you mine them eventually in an open pit, you'll be able to be selective about it. So the average the average mineable grade of say a 0.6 probably could could end up being a 0.9 or even a one gram or more. So therefore, not concerned about that. Um, and also very pleasing has been the down dip extensions. So, you know, you, you, you might remember that we, we've only drilled down to about 160 meters vertical depth until recently. Uh, but in the last few months, we've drilled some deeper holes and that mineralized white ore zone extends at depth. So again, it portends probably good uh, ounces growth when we finally put out maiden resources and such like. So yes, we were very happy. Our drilling is slow. So, you know, it was only 10 holes. Um, and that's because we're using, or until recently, we were using diamond rigs only, which is slow. Uh, but we have to do that because it provides a much better quality um, sample. So going forward, we, you know, we've added two RC rigs. Um, and so things are ticking over much better. So, yeah, our drilling rate and, and rate of results and so forth should should improve. So I think there's still 
a lot out there that hasn't been announced. So yeah, we, we're very, very happy. One of your larger intercepts was 268 meters at 0.6 grams per ton gold, including a 22-meter intercept of 1.4 grams per ton gold. Now, for newer speculators or speculators that maybe aren't familiar with the type of deposit you're uh, developing and exploring here, they may say, well, that's nothing to get excited about. Maybe they were looking for 20 meters of 8 grams per ton. For those people that are perhaps newer to the Osino story, can you talk about the type of deposit you're exploring for and why these are good results? Yeah, thanks, Bill. You should just keep going. You've done a good job there. Thanks for reminding me. So this is an orogenic um, type of deposit, so structurally controlled. Um, and generally speaking, uh, these these type of deposits that we have in Namibia, are they tend to be high, t- um, high tonnage and lower grade, as opposed to, say, the epithermal type of deposits, a lot of which Canadian investors are familiar with, which tend to be higher grade, but much lower tonnage. So in our case, what's in our favor, though, is that these type of deposits tend to be very continuous, disseminated. So sort of the geological risk is much lower. Um, So these things hang together beautifully. Um, The predictability is higher, and therefore the likelihood of actually turning into a producing gold mine is much higher, too. And, you know, the, the Ochicotta gold mine, which we sold to Beta Gold, is the best example for that. Now, you mentioned that big 260-meter intercept that we announced. That's quite astonishing. It really is. That's that's very unusual to have that thickness of intercept in these type of terrains. So that's that's really, um, yeah, it's amazing. And we, we're very happy about that. And this type of deposit, wouldn't the engineering be simpler and more assured as well? Yeah, I didn't mention that. So, you know, the, this drilling is up to surface. So it's an open pit um, easy mining, uh, easy geology, easy metallurgy. I mean, we, maybe we can talk about the metallurgical results, which we put out about a week earlier. Yes. So um, as, as Tyrone Breitenbach, one of our biggest champions at Stiefel, always says, it's a very simple story. The geology is there, the finance is in place, and now we just have to keep doing what we're doing, ticking the boxes, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. It's almost a mechanical process of drilling it out, and of course, making new discoveries. So you're preparing the drilling for the resource estimate, which you told us last time would be probably Q1 of next year. On the heels of that, you're looking at doing your first uh, economic study, PEA, preliminary economic study there. So can you talk to us a little bit about the metallurgy, like you said, and also the footprint? You know, what just with the footprint you have now, not being too speculative or, for, or forward-looking, but can you talk to us about some potential numbers? Numbers here. Okay, so on metallurgy, thank you. Yes, um, we did a preliminary metallurgical test work, which indicates no problems and 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 conventional process layout and easy treatable, easily treatable ore. We will follow that up now. We are, we are already in the process of following it up with detailed metallurgical test work. So we appointed a very well respected Australian um, engineering group called Lacopodium. They're helping with us with that, and that work will lead into the. Um, publication of a PEA sometime, let's say around middle of next year, maybe a bit earlier, building on the maiden resource. You asked me about the maiden resource. The maiden resource is key because most people out there still see us as an exploration company. But of course, we've got to put something on the book and show people what the potential is. We've always said that Twin Hills has multi-million ounce potential. Um, and and I still believe that. So that's, that's important. I think um, you asked about development studies. There are a number of other, other studies on the way, which, which, which we've alluded to in some of our press releases, but basically all working towards advancing this project to a resource 
and an economic assessment shortly thereafter. I think I, I lost your question there. Maybe you just want to ask. In the- terms of millions of ounces, can you give us a conservative speculation just based on the footprint that you've already outlined? Wow, you almost cornered me there. I almost said something. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I can't, Bill. I'd love to. I can tell you about potential. It clearly has multi-million ounce potential. So um, there's another press release I can refer to, which came out a few weeks ago on an IP study. IP is basically just an alternative to a physical technique that builds on what we've done already. And and everyone knows IP. Um, but in this case, our IP was very well calibrated because of um, because we calibrated it on the existing discovery. So therefore, the strength of these anomalies is better than they traditionally would be. And that study has indicated very significant potential of this district. You know, we have a true district scale opportunity here, at the center of which is one discovery, Twin Hill Central, which we've made. And I think Twin Hill Central ultimately, ultimately, you know, in a few years' time, I have no doubt it's going to be, I think it will be more than two, three million answers, whatever. It's going to take some time to get there. That's, that's not going to be the, the maiden resource. But around it are these satellite targets which we have only barely scratched the surface of. Um, and I think in the next six months, we'll, we'll have exploration results, which will indicate the potential for many more um, discoveries around Twin Hill Central. So therefore, if you look at those all together, you ask me for to, to, to make a statement on potential of resources, it, it's clearly got, you know, it could easily get to three, four, five million answers, but obviously it will, will require time and lots of drilling. And I mean, one way to back that up is if you look at the Novichok gold mine, which sits 20 kilometers away from us, which Anglo has operated for 20 years, they built it on 800,000 ounces. They mined it for 10 years and only then realized that they're actually sitting on on more than 5 million ounces and it got drilled out. And now that they've mined more than 2 or 3 million ounces, they're still sitting with 3 or 4 million ounces. So, So these are very large deposits. And I think Twin Hills is no different. But... I should just caution, you know, your listeners and your investors um, are impatient, as most of us are. So this is obviously not going to be delivered overnight. So the starting point is to put a substantial maiden resource between one and two million answers on the book. And I think we'll get there by Q1 next year and then to 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 grow it from there. Hi, I'm glad you brought up Navachab because that is a mine, I believe, about 20 kilometers away from Twin Hills. Obviously, there's mineral endowment and ore there, but it's been poorly run. And I've listened to you talk recently in the public forum about the potential to possibly acquire that. And that brought me a lot of excitement as a shareholder because obviously you have the geological team and you've already demonstrated geological success. You have the capital markets uh, savviness and ability to raise money, which you've demonstrated at least twice this year with two impressive raises. And then now, from my vantage point, you're bringing in the entrepreneurial zeal or the ability to capitalize on somebody else's mistakes, potentially, for the benefit of shareholders. So can you share with my audience what you're thinking about with Navachab and how would this impact the valuation at Twin Hill Central and value beyond Twin Hill Central for Osino shareholders? Yes, Bill, thank you. I mean, thank you for your generous praise. I appreciate that. Um, you know, from the outset... I'm not here to build a kingdom or a, a huge Namibian gold champion or so. I'm here to to basically create value, and but I'm entrepreneurial enough to, to look at all options of doing so. And one one such option would be to transition from exploration rapidly into production through organic um, M&A through, through buying an operation. 
And so, and, and conventionally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider this because, uh, you know, we're an explorer and I think our sweet spot and our core competence is to, to be entrepreneurial, to raise money, to drill, make discoveries, think different and make them big. Um, however, another chap is so strategically located relative to our assets. It's basically right next to us. We've consolidated all the ground around them. So there are, there are very obvious operational and capital synergies, which would save money and, and, and would justify a one plus one is more than two type of scenario. But more so, um, as you know, in this business, valuation is often about rating and or it is all about rating and, and about re-rating. So if you think about our valuation at the moment is, is, is um, uh, reasonable, um, but it, is, it still reflects investors' views on exploration risk. So if you marry this growth that the Ocino opportunity presents with existing production, which the Novichop opportunity next to us presents, um, there's potential for a very significant re-rate of the combined entity. I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars worth of potential re-rate. And obviously, that's an opportunity that couldn't be sneezed at or that shouldn't be sneezed at. The issue really is that, unfortunately, this opportunity is presenting itself in a very strong gold market. So the question is whether whether we can, whether we're going to be outbid or not, because one thing I can assure you and your listeners is that we're not going to overpay. We're not going to put the future, the exciting future of Osino at risk by, by getting into um, ill-considered M&A, overpay, and then later stumble over that. That we're not going to do. So, but, but whichever way this M&A in our neighborhood pans out, it can only be uh, positive for us. So yes, we'll definitely be part of the, the process. We'll, we'll look at it very carefully. We'll assess it. We'll, we'll, we'll very likely bid. Um, but, you know, it's, from there, we, we, we can't control it. And, you know, ultimately, it's, it depends on the price that, that, that it ends up going for. And let's hope that, um, you know, we can do something opportunistic. Um, but even if not, um, it opens up other opportunities. So I think it, I think the whole process, this when it starts or when we, we don't know. I mean, we we we're making assumptions here. The owners may or may not want to sell that asset. But um, uh, obviously, you know, I'm just conscious of the fact there's a public forum, so we've got to be a bit careful how we speak. But uh, you know, if it was to happen, it would put a big spotlight on us. And I think it's only going to be positive for us. Hiya, we've talked about the simple geology of the Twin Hills Central Deposit. In past interviews, we've spoken about how Namibia is a favorable mining jurisdiction. Best case scenario, if geologically your drill results continue to progress, the studies continue to go well, on a, from a permitting standpoint and from um, a development standpoint, how soon in a best case scenario could Twin Hills be in production? Again, as you say, there are many ifs and buts, but let's say best case scenario this year, or let's say early next year, maiden resource and um, and, and, and a PEA, which is just, a, just an early preliminary economic assessment. Um, next year is going to be lots of drilling, both exploration and infill drilling, because you know our maiden resource will be will be um, probably mostly inferred resources. And in order to get it into a BFS, you need to drill it down to closer spacing. So that's probably a year of drilling. And then in 2022, probably permitting uh, possibly even commencement of construction and production in 2023. I think in a best case scenario, that's quite quite possible and quite doable. There's no environmental issues, I guess I want to point out here too. You don't have local issues or environmental issues like some other deposits do in different locations. No, we don't. You know, Namibia has got a, it's got freehold, so so the ownership situation is you've got you've got local cattle ranchers. 
Um, we've got no communities, as, as you often expect in other parts of Africa, no real environmental issues. We just have to jump through the hoops and especially, you know, conclude the long lead items like environmental and social impact assessments and that sort of thing. And there in Namibia, it's very much like the rest of the world. These are studies where you have to where you have to assess potential impacts and then demonstrate measures to mitigate those impacts. So, and that actually we've initiated that process already. So we're trying to be as proactive as we can be to, to accelerate this development process of the Twin Hills project. So we're talking about many potential catalysts, but a new investor to the story would then pull up the share chart, Haya. And when we started featuring your company, you were trading at about 35 cents a share. As we speak today, you're at $1.45 Canadian. They may say, oh, well, I've missed the run here. What would you say to an investor looking just at your chart, even in light of the catalyst we talked about, and they're asking themselves, well, if I buy here, you know, what is my downside risk? Could you address that, please? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be flipping first and then I'll go into detail. So I'll say to your investors, look through the windscreen and not in the rear view mirror. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because, um, you know, when we were priced at 35 cents, we were basically a dream with some good money and 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 some good people. But we we didn't we, we had a great land position, but land position doesn't mean anything. Could be could be moose pasture. So we then over the last year especially, um, we discovered and advanced a real project, and that's reflected in the share price. But that project hasn't fully been delivered yet, and it's certainly not fully priced. Certainly not in the current gold environment. So so therefore going forward. The value that will be unlocked may not be a five bagger from where we are now, where which it was for the 35 cent investors, um, but it comes at significantly lower risks. So I obviously can't say what return we're going to deliver over the next year or two, but you know it it could go, still go up substantially from here, and the probability of that happening is a lot higher than 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 it was the probability of turning the 35 cents into into a dollar fifty back then when you invested. So that's why I believe that Ocino is one of the best sort of uh, risk return opportunities out there. We, we are largely de-risked, you know, from a financing perspective, uh, we've got the money in the bank. From a technical perspective, we've made the discovery. So geological risk is largely gone. We, we've got to go through the mechanics of drilling it out now. And management, you know, we've got a bit of track record now. People have gotten to know me by now. So we, we tend to try, you know, we, we do what we say. So I, I, I do believe in many respects it's actually a better opportunity to buy the stock now than it was at 35 cents. Then it was risky. Now, far less risky. When it was at 35 cents, the stock was illiquid. Now we have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of shares trading a day. Uh, what's your commentary when you look at the share price action of Osino right now? Um, certainly, you can see the diversification of our shareholder base. So we've got more hedge funds, generalist investors, institutional investors. So we've got about a third of the stocks, stock is held by um, high quality, well-known institutional investors. Um, about a third is still insiders and associates, so like Ross Beatty, my family, resource capital funds, and so forth. And then the last third, more or less, is, is retail investors and high net worths. Um, the volume is obviously much better. You can see we're trading a couple of hundred thousand shares a day these days. Um, so that's very pleasing. I think we've got more generalists in there. We also have more hedge funds, which are good because they, you know, better better price discovery, more trading. You can see the 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 the, the shorts have gone up, or they go up and down. And also, it's interesting to watch how the stock is trading more in line with the gold price. Actually, 
So that, that all indicates a much better, more diversified share of the base. Yeah, and when you do begin to trade as a proxy to the gold price, that lets you know that you've really got the market's attention. I can know just from observing different junior golding, gold mining stocks over the past five years. Hi, as we bring this to a close, are there any questions that you've been getting from investors that we haven't addressed in this interview that you'd like to talk about? Uh, maybe COVID. I mean, honestly, COVID is not a big issue. Um, we've got a great team and maybe a young team that's able to operate pretty independently. And so as soon as we can travel again internationally, which is probably going to be in a month or two, I would look to try and ramp things up even further in Namibia. So we're really excited about the future and we appreciate the time to be on your show again. Excellent. And you can find more about the company at OsinoResources.com. I would encourage you to go there and get on the email list. The company is cashed up with tens of millions of dollars in the bank. A lot of in-the-money warrants, for example, my warrants are priced at $0.55, cents and the share price today, as I speak, is trading at $1.45, so there'll be warrant money that'll be coming in. Financing is not an issue for at least a couple years for Osino, so get on the email list, see these catalysts as they're coming through, and I appreciate you listening to this interview with Haya, and Haya, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts it might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own 
own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.